Well, thanks for coming today. Thank you for watching us online. I'm Pastor Jim. Uh, Pastor Mike, in a little bit, is going to continue on our series of Win the Day. But I get the opportunity just to greet you and say hi. Uh, if you're watching us online, uh, thank you. You know, there are several people that watch us if they can't be here in pers person. In fact, someone last week said yes to Christ for the first time and indicated on online, and a couple other people did. That's kind of who we are at Faithbrook. We want to help people um, find new life in Christ and grow in Christ. That's why we want to just invite you today for our discovery class. It's going to be immediately after our, our service for about 15 minutes. Our discovery class is, is really kind of figure out who Faithbrook is. Uh, we know our mission is to love God, love love people and journey together, but maybe you want to know, you know, what do we, what is our, um, our backgrounds, what is our history, what are our core values, uh, what do we believe, maybe the Bible, and we want to get to know you. So if it's your first time, second time, uh, you're welcome to just come right over here, right after the service. If you want to grab your kids, you're welcome to do that, and uh, we're just going to get to know each other for our discovery class. In the meantime, we want to invite you to Pull out this blue card if you, this is your first or second time to come to Faithbrook. Uh, and it says, we are glad you are here. And we're so glad that you're here. If you'd be willing to trust us with your name, maybe your email, we're going to send a $5 donation to our food shelf in the area. And uh, there's been lots of people who have turned in their blue card and hundreds of dollars have been donated on their behalf from our church to Cross Food Shelf. So you fill that out. And put it in one of our offering boxes on the way out, and we will uh, be sure to get you a thank you note out to you. So um, thank you again for coming. Uh, Pastor Mike's going to come in just a moment, and let's give him our attention. Well, I happen to be a Harry Potter fan, but it's the movies, not the books. So before you start throwing things at me and call me a heretic, let me explain. So the books, obviously, as you know, there's seven of them. And the first one, you know, it's not that intimidating. It's real small. And you're like, oh, I can get through that. And this, as they progress, by the time you get into the fourth book, that thing's like three times the size of the first one. So you're like, oh, that's a little challenging. So I thought, well, goodness, I think I can uh, listen to the books online uh, via, uh, for, for audiobook. Well, I tried that, and I tried listening to it when I went to bed, but that was the problem because it just put me to sleep, not because it was boring, but just because the soothing voice put me out. So I got through maybe to the fourth book, and I got maybe halfway through it, so I have no clue how the actual books go, but I do know how the movies go. So the movies are for me. Now, I also happen to like time travel. That, that's something that's always fascinated me, and time travel is not something that's foreign to the Harry Potter series, if you know anything about it. And in the third book or the third movie, one of the characters, Hermione, receives uh, what is called a time turner. And this time turner was given to her from the, the headmaster of the school so that she could use it to turn back time every day so that she could take extra classes. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was to get a time turner back in elementary school, I definitely would not use that to uh, take more classes. I probably would have used it to get more recess time or some lunch time or something way better than more classes. So no classes for me, recess for sure. But what about you? If you were to receive a time turner and you had the power to manipulate time, how would you use it? What would you do with a time turner? 
And I think for a lot of us, if we take a moment to think about what we would do with our time, I think that is just a question on most of our minds. We, have a, uh, we want to know how we can make the most of our time. And I think a lot of us would even agree that we realize that we don't have enough time in a day. I think part of that problem is that we only have 24 hours. There's only 24 hours in a given day, so we can only get so much done, but yet our task list and everything just seems to be longer than the things that we want to get done. So as we look at other people, you know, even if we scroll through Instagram, we see these super moms who seem to get everything done. They're raising their kids to do all the things. And then I look at myself and I'm more like a super dud and I could barely, barely keep my daughter fed and make sure she doesn't poop all over the place. So, you know, I, I have to, you know, I have to look at these and go, man, like how, how do I make the most of our time? And I think that's our question is how do we make the most of our time? Are some people just better and others are doomed or is there something that we can do about it? Well, welcome back to our series called Win the Day. My name is Pastor Mike. I'm the Connections Pastor here. It is really, really good to be able to be together in uh, person. Also, for those of you joining in online, it's so good, and watching later on demand also. Well, we are going through this series called Win the Day, and this is a, based off a book uh, with the same title by a pastor named Mike, Mike, Mark Batterson, who's on the East Coast. And th- this book is talking about the seven different habits we can have so that we can make the most of our days and make our days matter. And uh, through this, we've had a couple different habits so far. We've talked through four of them. And as we're going through these habits, we are looking at the Old Testament, and we're looking at the story of the Israelites. We're looking at um, how God has uh, taught them different habits and how they learned how to win the day in their own lives as well. You see, the first week, what we found is that the Israelites started off the story where they were enslaved in Egypt. And so God uh, taught them the first habit that he needed to give them a new story. And so uh, they learned that they needed to have a new story rewritten for them. After they escaped from Egypt, they were led out to the Red Sea and they were stuck by a huge obstacle, which in the second habit was to kiss the wave. And what they learned is that they can, the obstacles can either make them bitter or better. After they got through the Red Sea and God delivered them through it, they went to the wilderness and a mountainside, and that is where they received these Ten Commandments, these uh, laws in which to live by, and a bunch of different other things, and they, um, the thing that they were taught there was to fly the kite, and that was all about learning to be faithful in the little things because God will be faithful in the big things. And then after that, they, uh, they were supposed to go to the promised land, but they didn't obey God. So they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And then finally, they got a new leader. His name was Joshua, and they were now ready to go into the promised land. And so they, uh, to, upon entering into this promised land, they had to uh, cross this mighty Jordan River. And that's where they learned the fourth habit, where we see that playing it risky is actually not safe. And so they had to take a risk to be able to cross through into the promised land. So that leads us to this week, which we're going to continue in their story, and we're going to talk about habit number five, and that is about winding the clock. Now, if we think about winding a clock, I don't know about you, but I don't have a, a, a clock that I actually have to wind that is a little old school for me. Uh, so if you don't know uh, the old school clocks before the invention of batteries and electricity, you used to actually take the, uh, have to take a clock, and every so often, you'd have to stick a little key in there, and you'd have to literally wind the coil inside. And what that would do is that would give tension to the coil, and over time, it would release, and that uh, tension would then allow the gears and mechanisms inside the clock to be able to turn the the hands on it so that way you could see what time it is. 
Now today's message is not going to be about how we can get uh, one of these clocks and how to wind it, but we are going to talk about how to deal with the minutes of our day and how we can learn how to wind the clock of our days and how to make the most of what we, what we do. Now as we look at, as we think about time, I think there's two ways in which we can think about time. I think there's two main ways that we think about it. The first is chronological. Now as we uh, look at chronological time, this is what we think about it on the day-to-day basis. This is a, talking about the, uh, you know, think about a clock, and we have seconds, we have minutes, we have hours, and we think of time in that kind of sense. In fact, uh, you might be familiar with, uh, most of us, with an analog clock. Uh, these, uh, these are really interesting because of an analog clock, as you look at it, you can see what time it currently is, but there's also this sense of where you can see what time it was, and you also have the sense of what time it will be as well. So as we look at an analog clock, it's just, uh, subconsciously we get this, uh, get this idea of this whole spectrum of time. We get this sense of past and present and future. Now, we also have digital clocks, and digital clocks are great because they tell us the time what it is right now. However, I think they cause a bit of a problem because subconsciously, what they do is they have us to be fixated on the certain time it is. You see, we, we forget about the time of the past, and we have no sense of the, uh, the future as well. And I think uh, what I would submit to you, I think what this does is it, uh, it makes us think only of what's happening right now in the urgencies. It makes us so fixated on what's happening right here, right now, and all the uh, emergencies that go on in our life that we don't see the whole spectrum of time and we don't see it on an everyday basis, thus leading us to uh, wasting a lot of our time and even uh, asking us ourselves the questions of what are we doing with our time? Now, the second thing that the way we view time is the value in which we fill it. Now, I think uh, a lot of times as we look at the time we have in a given day, we, we can look at it, and that's where we ask the question, okay, what did I do with my day? What am I doing? Is the things that I do on a day-to-day basis really worth it? And do the things that I think about in life, especially pertaining to God, maybe family, uh, maybe our work, and even uh, recreation, are, are we given to time to the things that really matter? So with that, I have a little trusty friend here called an Eisenhower matrix. You may be familiar with it, you may not. Uh, it's also called the important urgent matrix. And what this is, is this is a little tool to help see and diagnose what you do with your time during a, a given day and what are you spending uh, your time on. So you notice at the top on the uh, horizontal axis, there's urgent and not urgent. And urgent is things like, uh, as it says here, deadlines. These are task delays or the last minute things that come up. You know, maybe even emergencies and crises. And maybe it's not important things such as, you know, busy work or phone calls and emails, maybe interruptions or meetings. And for most of us, we spend most of our time in this urgent category. That's where most of our time gets spent on a given day. Now, we'll notice uh, on the um, vertical axis, we have an important and not important. And that's equally, as, uh, it's equally important only because it uh, divides then what is of, of value and what's pressing and then what is not. Now, uh, Eisenhower, as he created this matrix, uh, he said that the best way to spend your time is to spend most of it right here in quadrant two. And this is the not urgent, important area. And this is things like reviewing and planning. This is things such as self, uh, self and health care, uh, your goals and values. What are the big picture things in life? What are the big picture things you, you want for your family? Uh, spending time with relationships and even taking time for recreation. And we're supposed to spend most of our time here in quadrant two. However, most of us find ourselves spending our time in this urgent column. 
And so with this, we spend so much time here, and uh, there's so many things that come up in a given day, right? As we're going through our day, we, we might find ourselves starting out here, but then all of a sudden, urgencies come up. You know, maybe uh, you're at home, and for me, this is, uh, this is real. The baby starts crying, and that's something you got to attend to. Maybe uh, there's another urgency where uh, your water heater breaks, and all of a sudden, there's water all over the floor. Uh, maybe your car breaks down, and you realize that you need to uh, fix something crazy on your car. There's always a, uh, emergencies and things that come up and uh, force us to be focused on the urgent. And I think part of the problem that, that has this is that we realize that there's only 24 hours in a day. We only have 24 hours a day. This is an issue that humans have had all the way since the beginning of time. And we even realize that before the invention of electricity, agrarian societies, they had to operate only on what the sunlight provided. Right? You couldn't operate in the nighttime because you couldn't see for the most part. Now, it wasn't until the invention of the light bulb where we got more uh, time. You can extend your hours and actually work longer than the daylight provided. But I think what's interesting is even for us today, we have an unlimited clock, we, or unlimited light. We can have uh, lights going on for 24-7, yet we still find ourselves unable to get done what we want to get done, and we still have a problem with manager time, even in today's society. But I think part of our deep down desires, what's really deep down, we really, want to, uh, we really want to live in this quadrant too. We really do want to give our time to something meaningful. We don't like getting to the end of our days asking, where did my day go? We don't like getting to the end of a year saying, what the heck am I doing with our life? We really do want to give time to the things that matter. It's just that things get in our way. So today what we're going to be looking at is we're going to see how we can win the day and see what it looks like to wind the clock so that we can manage our time well. So, and I think we get a lot of good insight uh, as we continue in the uh, Old Testament story of the Israelites, and we look at Joshua and uh, his story as they enter into the promised land. So today, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 10. You can open up your analog Bible if you brought that with you this morning, or you can pull out your mobile device and uh, open up the YouVersion app. Uh, the YouVersion app is awesome. This is something that I use every single day, even for my quiet time with, uh, uh, with Jesus every day. This is something I use. has awesome plans. If you don't have it, that's my little pitch for it. Get it. It's awesome. Okay, so we're going to be going to Joshua chapter 10. If you don't know where that is, that's in the Old Testament. And as you're flipping there, here's what's happening. So the Joshua and the Israelites, they have crossed through the Jordan River, and they are entering into the Promised Land, and they are making a name for themselves. They are taking the land over, and God, with uh, God's help, they are establishing themselves as a nation. Now, as they're going through the land, what they have done is they made allies with this royal city. This is a, a, a nice, prestigious city. They have great armies, and they wanted to be allies with Israel because they didn't want it taken over, so they become allies with Israel. Now, there's other uh, armies. There's these uh, armies of the Amorites, these uh, other uh, kingdoms. And so these five kings, they come together and they say, man, here's this, Isra here's this uh, crazy Israelite army. They're coming in to our territory, and they're just taking things over, and what the heck, we don't want to get taken over. So let's band together, and let's go ahead and attack that little town of Gideon. Why don't we go and attack Gideon? So they, they do that. They get together, and they make this plan, and they go, and they surround the city of Gideon, and that's where we come to uh, verse 6 uh, in Joshua 10. This is what the text says. This is what Scripture says. It says, the Gibeonites sent word to Joshua in the camp at Giggel. They say, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. Man, 
If you imagine you're, you're, you have these allies, and here, here's these, uh, you're, you're these Gibeonites, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden you see uh, not just one army, but five armies coming up uh, against you to surround your city to take you over. My goodness, is that scary? I think so. So they, they reach out to Joshua. They send out to Joshua. And here's the thing with Joshua and, and their army, right? They're going through, and they're, they're taking over the land as God has given them. They're spending their time right here in Quadrant 2, right? They're giving, they're giving, they're investing in great things. They're planning. They're making plans. They're being strategic. They're going through and here they are uh, spending their time in quadrant two. And all of a sudden, here comes this urgent call. Boom, a crisis. Bam, just like that. And how many times in our life are we, are we trying, in effort, and trying to spend time in the things that matter? How many times are we trying to get our, our list done, trying to do the important things? And then all of a sudden, that emergency just comes up. All of a sudden, something urgent or pressing comes up. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're at work and maybe your boss throws uh, papers on your desk and say, I need this by tonight. And you're like, shoot, I don't, even, I don't have enough time to do that. How often do we have things like that pop up where we realize that the tasks at hand are larger than what we have to deal with? And here's the other thing to realize too. Joshua uh, realizes that this urgency that comes up, it's something they can't ignore it. Right? There are a lot of times there's urgencies and emergencies and things that come up. You just cannot ignore them. You have to tend to them. So it's not like you can just brush it off and not take care of it. And I think what's really even crazier on top of that is that for Joshua and the army, they, it's not just one urgency that comes up, but it's five. This is five armies. Now, in that day, usually armies would war, maybe be one-on-one, -on -one, one army against another army, and that could take a day. It could take uh, multiple days. It could take weeks. Sometimes war, uh, wars can go on for a long time. So to be up against five armies, that is pretty, pretty crazy. For them, the task list was much larger than the day could provide. But I think that's part of the thing with urgencies is they don't typically come up one at a time. Right? Sometimes if, if urgencies just came up one at a time, you can, t you can knock it out, get rid of it, and go back to your, your uh, thing at hand. But usually with urgencies, they come in clumps. Usually they come in clumps of five, ten, many things happen uh, uh, at us at, um, at a given time. You know, maybe you're going to go fix that car issue, and what you think might be a simple oil change ends up being you have to change out the whole engine block altogether, and you had to take it apart. So it was going to take 15, 20 minutes, ends up taking 15, 20 hours just because you're having to deal with the issue at hand. And so with this, as Joshua, he decides, is okay, we're going to go and we're going to protect our allies. We're going to go for it. So they go through the night and they are getting ready to go. Now, you've got to imagine, it doesn't say this in the text, but you've got to imagine as they are marching and they're recognizing, man, I got five armies to defeat, got five armies to take care of. Shoot, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Man, the task list is longer than I can imagine. There's uh, more things to do than I can do in the day. And you can just imagine that he's probably uh, wondering to himself, man, I just need more time. How often do we ask ourselves that, man, I just wish we had more time. Where am I going to find this time? And maybe sometimes what happens is we, we maybe wish, we secretly wish, we go, man, I just wish I had it. Or maybe even we pray, God, would you, would you just give more time? Can you, can, is there some way you can do a miracle? Can you give more time? And I think something crazy happened with Joshua. Is that, let's read what happens next. He says this in verse 12. He says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, spoiler alert, uh, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon over the valley of Ajalon. So he prays it. He asks that. He says, God, I, I need more time. You need to give me more time. And he, he prays out loud the very thing that we wish in our hearts. And here is the crazy thing as we read in verse 13. So, the sun stood still, and the moon stopped 
till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. Man, isn't that crazy? God did the absolute miraculous. He stopped time. And notice that it was until the nation avenged itself. So until they defeated all five armies that the sun and the moon stopped. And, I, and, and one thing I want to make sure we don't miss here is, yes, time stopped, but look, check this out, that they avenged itself. That they, take it, they took advantage of the time that they have. They realized that they got a precious gift from God, that they got extended hours in their day, and they made full use of the time that they had. And I, and I think for this, these Israelites, and I think for Joshua, uh, for them to, to win the day, what they, they realized is that they, they recognize that every minute, every minute is a gift from God. They realize every minute that they have is a gift from God. Now, they literally got gifted extra minutes in their day. They got extra hours, daylight, to do the things that they needed to do. But they didn't let it go to the wayside. No, in fact, they maximized every single minute they had and made sure to get done the things they needed to get done. I don't know about you, but have you ever thought, man, what would you do if the sun were to stop for a day and you had extra, extra daylight hours? What would you do? What would be the things that you would do with the extra time? And I think a lot of times what happens is, is we don't realize the extra little snippets of time that we actually get throughout our day. You know, maybe you uh, stop in, at, uh, in line at the grocery store, and you're just standing there, and you're waiting for the person in front of you with their two carts of groceries, and you're just waiting. So what do you do? You go to your phone, and you start scrolling. Maybe you're uh, maybe at home, and you're waiting for the commercials to go through on Hulu, and you're, what do you do? You go on your phone, and you start scrolling. And I think what happens is, is we end up wasting a lot of our time with the little snippets that we do get. And so what happens is, instead of hanging out here in the urgent column, we find ourselves hanging out right here in, uh, in quadrant four. And this is the not urgent, not important column. Uh, this is the, the time-wasting column. Now, not that everything there is terrible. It's not that they're not good at things. It's just that we spend too much time doing the things that aren't important and not urgent. And we see that when we spend our time here, obviously it takes away from doing the things that are important. I love what Mark Batterson writes in his book. He has this quote. He says, according to time management experts, the average person gets interrupted every eight minutes. Every eight minutes we're getting interrupted. The average person spends two hours and 22 minutes on social per day, and I'd be willing to bet that that pace of life isn't slowing down any time soon. It's so easy. It's so easy to get caught up. It's so easy to get caught up in uh, the urgent and even in this uh, quadrant four. It's so easy. Distractions are everywhere. You know, think about advertisements as we're uh, watching Netflix. Maybe we're on our phone. There's advertisements every single place vying for our attention. It's no wonder that we get lost in the rabbit holes that take us everywhere. But here's the thing. When we realize that every moment is, every minute is a gift from God, we, den- we tend to see time a lot differently. We, se- we tend to value it a lot more, and we tend to give it value, and we tend to put things into it that actually matter. So for, so for us, we're going to see then, how do we actually wind the clock? What would winding the clock actually look like? How can we actually take time and be able to take advantage of what we had to make the most of it so that we can win the day? Now, I, uh, before we go into that, I think there's two types of people that we have, uh, and I'm going to be generalizing here as I talk about this, but we have two types of people that view time, I think, in two different ways. We have, first, we have the type A kind of person. You might know these kind of people. These are go-getters. They're the ones who make a task list, and man, they get it done, right? They're usually highly competitive, and they're uh, crossing things off, and they're going for it. 
Then we have people on the other side, type B, they're a little more laid back and maybe not as competitive and maybe just kind of take the day as it is. Now, if you are in a relationship like this where maybe you're a type A and your spouse is a type B, uh, both of the spouses say, man, you've got to be more like me. Like, what are you doing? You shouldn't be like you. Be like me. Now, I wouldn't say that that is the case, but I do think, I do think there is something that both types of personalities can learn something from each other. And so out of that, here's a couple things I think we can see of how we can actually wind the clock and be, um, uh, use our time to its best potential. So the first thing is this, and I'm going to speak uh, specifically to type A people. And now it doesn't just apply to type A, but I'm going to speak to type A's for just a moment. First thing you can do is be mindful. Be mindful. See, I think a lot of times type A's like to write down their list, and man, you just get it done, right? You just want to tackle everything. And not only when you tackle everything, you add more stuff to your, to your list. And you're, there's such a sense of hurry and rapidness, and you're just trying to go, 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 go throughout your entire day, where you're never really mindful of the things that are going on. Completing the task is the thing that is most important in getting things done. But I, I really like Jesus' perspective. You see, I, I, Jesus is really never a hurried person. And we get a sense of this in John chapter 11. Uh, and we get a story where he's hanging out in the city called uh, Bethany. And he, he's hanging out there with his disciples. And someone comes to him and gives him word and says, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is dying. Your friend Lazarus is dying. And in fact, uh, uh, you know, you got to come right away. And so Jesus says, okay. And he stays there. Now his disciples are there with him and they're like, uh, Jesus, shouldn't we go? Uh, or won't you just speak the word and just have him healed? And Jesus says, nah, we're going we're gonna to hang here for a little bit. And here's an interesting thing it says in verse 17. This is what, it, this is, uh, what uh, John writes. He says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Waited four days. He waited four days to go. And then here's the interesting, this is what just stood out to me. He says, but Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem where he ended up. Two miles. I don't know about you, but I can walk about uh, in a mile. I could probably take me about 30 minutes to walk a mile. Uh, maybe, uh, so this would probably take me about an hour to walk two miles. Now let's just add in some hills and whatnot. So let's just say it would take four hours to get there. Let's just say on a bad day, four hours. But four hours, he's four hours away, and yet he took four days to get there. And I think there's just this sense that Jesus was not hurried. He was not rushing to get on to the next thing. In fact, he was, he was very calm and he was very mindful of the things around him and the things attending to him and the things going on around him. And I think there's something that we can learn uh, from this. Not that we should delay and procrastinate, but that we are just more mindful of the situations we are in. And I think one of the ways that we can be mindful is that we can uh, be aware of the different feelings we may be feeling. So you think a lot of times type A's, you don't want to think about your feelings. You just want to get your stuff done and go on to the next thing. But what would it be to be able to sit and just sit with your feelings for a bit? What would it be to be, uh, to be mindful of what, you, uh, what emotions you are experiencing? What would that look like? Uh, the second way is to be mindful of what, what are you thinking? What are the thoughts going on as the moments you're going through your day? Are you taking time to pause and, and uh, you know, what, what things are creeping through your mind and being mindful of those things that are uh, just different thoughts that you might have going through? And the third thing I think is to be mindful is looking at the, uh, the area around us. A lot of times we, we walk through nature and we see God's creation, but we don't experience God's creation. And it's really the sense of literally stopping to smell the roses. Why? Because when we stop to smell the roses, we're actually being mindful of the creation and ar around us. 
I love what Muhammad Ali says. He says, don't count the days, but make the days count. So I think for a lot of us, you know, we really thinking about, you know, how can we be mindful for the minutes of our day? How can, how can we really be mindful of, of the time that we have and to really experience and encounter what's going on each and every day? Now, the second thing I want to address is uh, more towards type B personalities. And that is to do this, is to invest wisely, to invest wisely. See, I think a lot of times what can happen is with type B personalities, you just kind of let things come as they go. You're not as uh, aggressive with the day. You're a lot more laid back. And sometimes the day can just slip right through your hands. I like what uh, the Apostle Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 5. And he says this, beginning in verse 15. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, to make the most of every opportunity. Are we making the most of every opportunity that, that comes through? Are we taking advantage of the minutes that we have? Do we realize that every single minute we have every day truly is a gift from God, that we want to use them to the best potential, that we really want to use them so that we can give them to the things that matter most in life? Do we want to use them so that we're given va- uh, value to these sort of things? Are we given to our goals and values in life? I know for me, uh, one of the ways that helps me to invest wisely is to, I, I use a, a full focus planner. And what this does is it allows me to see my whole year in a, in a scope and it boils everything down to every single day of the week. And what it does is it asks me the question of what am I doing every day to live towards and living out my goals and values? So if I want to have a goal of spending more time with Jesus every day, what am I doing to, uh, to make sure that happens? If I have a goal that I want to spend time with my family and have quiet time with my daughter every evening, what am I doing to set time aside to make that happen? If I have different uh, work or even uh, recreation goals, what am I doing to set time aside so that way I can make sure these happen? And I, I love what Stephen Covey says. He says this. He says, the key is not to prioritize your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. And I think a lot of times what happens is we don't put on the calendar uh, the important things. We don't take the big rocks of our life, the things that are really, really important, and put them in the calendar and, and really set priority around them and fill everything around them. What we tend to do is we let the little things, we let the urgencies come in and fill in the calendar, and then we try to place the big rocks in. It just doesn't work. And I think when we're mindful and we're investing wisely, where we really are able to wind the clock and we're able to see the gift of time that we are given. And it helps us to have a more fruitful and fulfilling life in the spectrum overall. So as we are going, as we're thinking about what our next step for this week is and how we can help live this out, I want to ask you this question is, uh, how can you live in where the important areas of the quadrant is? How can you live here in quadrant two? What's, what's a way that you can uh, work on this week to moving from the quadrants one, three, and four and living more in quadrant two? And here's something I have, and I think something that would help is actually uh, to take time this week. Would you take time this week to actually pencil in, in a calendar? Pencil in a calendar, things that's most important, what are the most important things, and actually schedule it out. Would you take time to, to review and to plan what is something important and actually put it in the calendar and then do it? Michael Hyatt says this, he says, uh, he says, claim your calendar before someone else does. And I think that is so true because everything's vying for our calendars and every aspect of life, everyone wants our time. And unless we take it for ourselves and make time for what's the, most prior, uh, what's the biggest priorities, someone else will take it from us. 
You know, as, as much as I think about my own life and I think about how cool it would be to have a time turner and how cool it would be to be able to manipulate time and space, uh, I know there's a lot of complications. The theory says that if you see yourself in the past that you mess up things, I'm pretty sure I would high five myself and just mess up time for everybody. So probably would be a good idea that I don't have a time turner. But if I'm really honest with myself, I think it's, uh, it's something that I actually don't want. And it's because when I realize that every moment and every minute is a gift from God, I tend to see things a lot differently. You see, I'm, I'm a lot more mindful in how I invest my time. You see, I, I'm a lot more mindful that if I want to spend time with my family, that it's uh, saying, yes, I, I, w- I am willing to maybe take time to sit and watch movies with my, my family. I'm willing time to take that. That it's not a time waster, but actually it's something that is very valuable for me and my family. You know, maybe it is even for me to say it is so valuable that I, I enjoy feeding my daughter her bottle because I only have so much time with her as she's this young. And I love watching her roll around on the floor as she runs into th- or rolls into things because it's just so dang cute. And also, I want to uh, invest wisely. Am I, am I taking the time to spend time with the things that I value the most? So for us, you know, what, what would that look like? What would that look like if we were to really see that every minute is a gift from God? How, how, would, how would we live differently? How would that shape our lives? I mean, imagine, imagine the things that you valued the most. Imagine your relationship with God being more fruitful. Imagine the time that you're spending with your family is so good. And imagine the things that you spend uh, at work, you're actually getting some goals done and maybe even making time for recreation because it's good for your soul and your health. I think it really would make our lives way better. And I think we would have such an impact, and not only for us personally, but even those around us. Because when we learn to wind the clock and invest our time wisely and we're mindful, then we can truly win the day. So let's go ahead and stand together. And I'd love to just pray a prayer of blessing over us as we are going this week. Uh, So if you just hold your hands out like so. This is just a, a, a posture of receiving. I love just to pray a blessing over us. So Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. And we we thank you for the gift of time that you have given us. And we thank you that that you have given us time here on earth, not only to spend with each other and to do cool things, but God, you have made it so we can even spend time with you and we can get to know you here on this earth. So Lord, as we're going this week, uh, may you put it on the forefront of our minds to, to really give time to the things that are the most valuable, that we would evaluate what's important in our lives, and give time to those things because we realize that the time is precious. We realize that uh, you have given us a set amount of time and we don't know what that is, but we want to make the most of it because we do want to have an impact. We do want to do great things uh, for you and your kingdom. So Lord, bless us as we go and for the rest of this week. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen.